Welcome to the Nirvana Strength Practitioners Panel Podcast, where we explore the idea of human performance optimization. I'm Ian McLeod, the co-founder of Nirvana Strength, and on today's episode, we'll be joined by Dominic Rapson. Uh, he has high levels of expertise in holistic ancestral nutrition protocols to help solve your internal issues and performance needs. So today's uh, recording is going to be at uh, the one of the most uh, recommended and naturally elegant accommodations in the Changu area of Bali, the Haven Suites Bali Barawa Hotel, set on a sandy beach along the Indian Ocean. This upmarket all-suite hotel surrounded by palm trees is four kilometers from Echo Beach. I think there's a lot of details that they uh, kind of want to make sure it's very specific. But anyways, it's the Haven Suites in Changu. That's that's all you need. It's pretty sweet. It's a sweet, sweet, yeah. Uh, most importantly, they have everything you need to make your holiday epic in Bali. Okay, so then now to the actual podcast. So, Dominic, we are going to focus on performance optimizing through nutrition. Okay, so for those of you that don't know uh, Dominic, um, he, he is here. He just hasn't said anything yet. Uh, his his uh, Instagram is uh, origins. Nutrition. nutrition yeah origins dot nutrition and uh this guy just has so much information he's probably forgotten more things about ancestral nutrition than i for sure even know so uh, this is a great opportunity for me to to get more information about um just everything um with regards to nutrition and relation to performance uh but also to a good opportunity for those of you listening that are not familiar with uh, the history of food with us humans and I'll, I'd love to start off with uh, something that Dominic said a couple nights ago was that uh, us humans are the only animal on the planet that doesn't know what what to eat <laughs> which I think is completely true we're totally messed up in our in our nutritional choices so uh, Dom if you want to start with maybe just a really quick uh, kind of history or bio of how you've kind of gotten to being a meat eater to being yeah. a meat eater yeah. yeah um well thanks for having me on here it's uh yeah looking forward to diving deep into this in this uh beautiful room that we're in now it's actually really sweet so it definitely is a sweet <laughs> yeah i definitely but, have to stay here a couple nights yeah i'm looking forward to a little vacay or in-home vacay mm. but yeah um Origins of Vitality, it's, uh, to put it really quick, because I mean, many people have heard it many times on other podcasts, and obviously we just had it over at the dinner discussion that, uh, thank you for, um, hosting me with as well, that yeah, was man, really, it's great really to cool. Have. We had so many interesting, uh, stories that came up. Yeah, so. and great questions, and, um, obviously they heard it there, so, um, we got recordings of that as well, right? That we'll... Uh, yeah, so we're gonna post the dinner discussion, uh, we got a whole video, of that whole two hours well it was quite quite a long time but uh yeah we're gonna post that up on youtube awesome yeah okay well to keep it short then let's just say i started with the modern ideology and science of nutrition that is basically what the fitness industry has revolved around uh, from being a bodybuilder and training physique and bikini clients that was my main thing and then quickly understanding that that nutrition wasn't really serving me and what I wanted to feel, which was really good and mm. have longevity and just feeling overall healthy in my body. I then transitioned onto a vegan diet, which most of you know was more to do with spiritual reasons and beginning the practice of yoga. 
transitioning through then onto more of a pescatarian a lot of you may know or just so you know now as a spear fisherman where i hunted nearly at least three four times a week i was getting my own food from the sea we'll definitely have to talk about the spear fishing and the hunting that's oh, yeah, a yeah. very interesting topic sure yeah we can go more into that as well and so that's also something i'm hoping to develop out here in bali again as well being in the city has removed me from that and it sucks so. mm. but yeah and then um Going back into eating meat heavily and working ketogenically and then not really understanding what it is I was doing, just changing from diet to diet to experience mm. the different ways and the different feelings. Obviously, veganism didn't work for me. And if you know my practice or you check me out on Instagram, you see that I'm heavily against it. And a lot of my work is explaining why not to be vegan and how it's not a species-appropriate diet which I'm sure many people want to discuss against. But yeah, of course. I mean, I think even though there seems to be a big movement with regards to veganism, it's still, I think, as, a over, as an overall, like, there's not as there's not really a ton of people doing it, I don't think. I mean, because no, there's a lot of, you know, there are people doing the paleo diet, people doing, like, other keto diets, even vegetarians still eating you know some form of Eggs, uh, dairy, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing or taking away protein and so stuff. i don't i mean even though there are a lot of uh, companies and industries i mean uh i guess the big thing that's coming out soon is the whole uh, game changers uh movie with uh yeah, pretty some pro- prominent figures yeah they're starting to yeah. push the whole uh, meatless yeah uh, i mean that's a good one to get into because uh we can then discuss well their changes mm. and how they were before with meat which is uh a really deep subject actually because um if we're going to get into the subject now it's we've got to look at okay so these athletes are vegan okay how did they build themselves up first were they vegan the entire time or vegetarian yeah. before and it's like a lot of the uh, vegan bodybuilders i mean they built themselves up as vegetarians and a lot of them and predominantly most of them meat-based so yeah. they build up their marrow stores they got all of the nutrients in they build a shitload of muscle then they turn vegan and then suddenly they're like oh look at all this muscle i built." i do think that you know a lot of people will point to like this upcoming movie like game changers and one thing that's very easy to see with regards to all the athletes is that they are all former athletes exactly. right they're no longer in the competitive realm or even someone like uh, they have the one one vegan strongman, oh, yeah. and um, unlike Joe Rogan's podcast, like not too long ago, they had, I mean, he's probably the second or maybe even the number one strongman in America, and uh, you know they were talking about how like his I think his deadlift was like six hundred and ninety pounds or something like that, but yeah, but to actually discuss it, yeah, but actually discussing it like in relation to actual high level strong men. And he wouldn't even be, you know, top in, in an amateur league, like, yeah. with those numbers. So, though he is... And also, I guess recently, he, I guess he hasn't even competed in over two years. He's been injured. Yeah, he hasn't um, recovered at he all. Hasn't, yeah, he hasn't even recovered from his injury from two years ago. Still a big proponent of the vegan diet, but can't actually perform. Yeah, so can't actually show anything anecdotally either. Yeah, but. right. So, um, but I think maybe a good idea with regards to even uh, talking about why people shouldn't do veganism, um, I think a big focus on it is 
the uh, the a lot of the ethical and moral reasons for doing it, right? I think mm-hmm. there's more yeah, the emotional argument, side of it. Yeah, there's more argument for doing it for those reasons as opposed to doing it for actual performance reasons. Yeah. Um, why Why do you think most people lean towards a diet that is you know mostly vegan? And uh, and what who are these kind of people that are usually eat a vegan diet? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, usually we see that most of the companies that have a certain agenda in veganism they hit people emotionally i mean we see the largest populations of vegans are obviously in very well developed western countries those that are not in western countries it's usually dealt by religion and i mean i have like clients in india who are now eating a lot of meat and they've explained to me the situation of how a lot of the people there, it's made by the Brahmin priest to yeah. give this false sense of superiority and it keeps the population dumbed down and malnourished and easy to control without yeah. the chance of letting them rise to having a decent quality of life. Mm. But in Western countries, well, especially in America, we see that the stats is majority of the vegans in America and the United States is female. And what do females, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying all, but what do most females tend to think with? Their emotions they're more emotional creatures than the male side so they get hit the emotional cords through advertisement through this whole like um documentary series that we see which always seems to target um the poor side of human behavior which is the factory farming and the mistreatment of animals and mm. such and mm. then they are led to believe that all animal farming is that way and that then you get like yoga as well yoga's infiltration into the west and the hindu beliefs masqueraded under it is another huge factor so you start to get a lot of people doing yoga now as well and get into what i call is new age spiritualism which are these false ideas around what it is to be human and what it is to be connected to what some may say what some want to call now gaia and the universe and such right and they led into thinking that the frequencies of their body and the frequencies of meat don't mix and match. And there's this whole pseudoscience going on at the moment, which ignores our complete ancestry and evolution, which ignores every single tribe living out there that is far more spiritual and in tune with nature, that follow the cycles of nature and life and death. And it's because of these movements now. Corporations have gotten behind these movements and pumped it out to the masses. Along with social media now, it's very easy to give misinformation and put money behind it. Mm. Yeah, I think, and I think with the uh, with the veganism, the vegetarianism. I mean, you see, I mean, you go to America and you see that the majority of the food in the supermarkets are highly processed. Uh, we got things in. Uh, whatever size boxes bags yeah. cans well, majority of the food is plant-based and yeah. then we still have a and huge rise majority. in disease and obesity so yeah that's the kind of interesting thing about if you actually looked at the uh, especially the rise of obesity in america is that as more and more processed food as, like it even seems like as the more we understand nutritional science or we say we understand nutritional science the the fatter and unhealthier that that yeah. people tend to get um, it, it doesn't seem like nature was supposed to be so difficult, right? I yeah, mean, we've used our intellect to complicate it, and mm-hmm. then we've also used financial greed to push an agenda on what that nature should be. So yeah. it's very difficult for the old person who doesn't have a chance to study nutrition or experience the different sides of nutrition to have a good opinion on it or mm-hmm. to be intuitive about how they feel around certain foods. Yeah. So is it is the complete opposite now right we think about the idea of carnivorism is is it 
would you say like the perfect diet for everyone or is it uh i don't know like what what is carnivorism to you right now i mean carnivore carnivore i mean it's just a label i mean i like to use ancestral because ancestral is the pattern of predominantly flesh-based i mean in our ancestors way before the agrarian revolution and even during the agrarian revolution we ate predominantly high fat we ate the fattiest cuts they were the prized meats anything that was fatty we also prized organs and we ate a lot of organs yeah. obviously some cultures didn't some cultures just gave the organs to the dogs and they prized the fatty beef just how we prize ribeye nowadays and the reason why I say it's adapt for everyone and why it's something that a lot of people should do is because those people were the freest of disease and had no modern diseases and all of the tribes that are still within that ancestral pattern and primitive way of eating are still free of all modern ills. Mm. So for those of you suffering modern ills that are caused by modern foods, modern lifestyle circumstances, not all life circumstances can be changed depending on where you are, what kind of work you have to do and such. Right. But your nutrition definitely can. Mm. You know, if you're willing to spend money on your food rather than spending it on new shoes, clothes, cars and whatnot, yeah. you can afford to change your nutrition. And that's where we see the greatest effect. I mean, this is something we see like biohackers want to say, oh, as long as you get your light right and your sleep right and the right bulletproof coffee and such, you'll yeah. see a difference. But if you're not moving your body and changing your nutrition, those are the biggest effectors of your health in general. I think, but I mean, we think about nutrition and exercise and the way the majority of the industry is kind of globally, it tends to kind of follow people's wanting of something quick, easy, yeah. uh, band-aid to kind of fix the, the problem yeah, well, that's the what makes term. That's what makes me laugh though, because what's quicker than just going to the supermarket knowing you just need a few steaks buying those steaks going home chucking the butter in the pan and frying them mm. i mean it, it's, it really is that simple for most i mean obviously we have those that i mean this is an even deeper subject but they have chronic issues of the gut and of the stomach and mm. obviously if you have certain issues like that you are not functioning as a human animal properly so therefore you have to take certain measures to rebuild that system in order to digest anything regardless of what you're yeah. going to eat but for most of the people carnivore is perfectly adapt for every single person of every yeah. geographical circumstance every blood type metabolic type you name it yeah so i would i would want to point out though that when we're talking about uh, eating or this uh, way of way of eating um, as, a, as a lifestyle and more towards the, the performance and longevity as opposed to when a lot of people in the fitness industry are talking about, uh, like for example, like the whole if it fits my macro thing yeah. in relation to just purely um, the, your aesthetics and, and uh, like you could theoretically right, be in a calorie deficit mm -hmm. and look, right, lose weight, look fit, yeah. uh, maybe receive some benefit from having reduced body fat yeah. but you're still possibly negatively affecting your yeah fit looking sick longevity. people yeah fit yeah. looking sick people yeah i mean those people get away with a lot because obviously the less body fat you have 
the less storage of these chemicals um, that you're going to put in your body from all the processed food. Also, the more muscle mass you have, the more efficient you are at the turnover of detoxification, mm. getting rid of these things. And we know that muscle mass is directly correlated with longevity. So your metabolism is definitely going to be more flexible and definitely better than somebody who's obese. Right. So... There's those factors to take in, and it usually takes people like that a long time, especially like vegans as well that are living stress-free in the sunshine and are eating the fresher, more organic vegetables and moving their body a lot. They will take a longer time to decay, that's for sure. Mm. But, I mean, is it still optimum? Is there longevity in it? We don't. We see that there isn't because, I mean, most of the bodybuilders I know, they eventually end up on replacement um, hormone therapy. Yeah. They have to take painkillers to get through all the joint pain they're having. And that's not generally because they're lifting heavy weight with bad form. I mean, these guys are professional. They're lifting weights with proper form. They mm. have their sets calculated, their volume, their proper rest. But they're eating a shitload of chemicals that are going right into their joints. And they're messing up their nervous system. They're getting adrenaline fatigue. They're taking loads of pre-workouts and supplements. Yeah. You know, I mean, they even did a, when they opened up some bodybuilders' muscles, that the color of their muscles wasn't even natural. Because there really? was all of the supplement intake in there. Their muscles were basically not even real, which was mind blowing. Well, that kind of reminds me of the, uh, what's the whole like synthetic oil that people were like pumping oh, into their. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going a little Gross. extreme. Yeah, those are really nasty. Oh, what is that shit called again? Um, I don't know, but it's you can bad. definitely go on Instagram. Like a bubble? Like yeah. instant gains? Yeah, 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 instant gains. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, there was one guy that wanted the biggest biceps and it eventually burst and it got like yeah, septic, it was, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, real bad. That shit was nuts. Um, what about the idea? So, you know, sometimes labels can be uh, mis misleading. So when people say, for example, like, uh, like we're, they, people say that we're omnivores, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think, I was listening to one guy on, uh, on YouTube, Chris uh, Kessler, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, I, th- I really like the way that he used the, f- used the word omnivore in, in the sense that, so not in the sense that uh, we can all, um, that we all should be eating like vegetables and, and meats mm-hmm. and, and, and that way, but saying that we have the ability to survive um, taking in veg- vegetation and meats though the in the true sense of being an omnivore if given the opportunity you would more than likely choose things that are more nutritious in that you would choose yeah Yeah, more nutritious dense so you would choose the meats and the fats because i mean that's essentially what why you know if we if you think of us um uh, evolving from from you know the monkeys yeah it was that yeah we actually evolved so well because we instinctively chose to eat more uh, yeah, animal like products. you're talking about like growing the brain and the lymph right, function right, and the yeah, nervous yeah. system. Yeah, it yeah. came from saturated fat, specifically DHA, which is decosa hexanoic acid. Yeah, that's what predominantly our cortexes, our heart, our eyes are all made out of. Yeah. So you can't disprove that that evolution didn't come from eating meats because mm. of the large buildup of it. And as I said in the talk, we have a 3.3 times larger brain with an evolution of having a shorter um, small intestine in order to give that brain, which takes 25% of energy of your body, you know, daily. So this is an evolution that, I mean, it's it's obvious. So what does, when you say like, you know, obviously the larger brain, I think most people would would, um, not really 
question like what the purpose of having a bigger brain mm-hmm. is but if having a shorter intestine like what's what's the benefit of that or what is, what's right. what's the reason for saying that well i'll start off with saying this whole omnivore thing i think it's the laziest thing to call a human or any animal an omnivore is just mm. in my opinion it's just ridiculous mm. because every animal has a speciality in something to eat mm. so apes majority of their food will come from starch and fibers from fruit leaves vegetation as such like a gorilla um eats leaves all day doesn't have to drink any water because 90% of it it's water and then it saturates all of that starch mm. into saturated fat but aren't they eating like 80% of the day yeah yeah they see as humans are meant to be a little bit more intermittent and sporadic than that as well we're yeah. not we are we use enzymes so we digest right there and then ruminants and hindgut animals such as gorillas they're fermentation animals so that's why they're eating all day constantly fermenting mm-hmm. that's why they have a much larger intestines than us so, so that's the purpose of the longer that's the, the purpose so okay. the longer on um, the small intestine um the more bacteria and the more room for fermentation the higher the fermentation capacity so they also carry a hindgut which is carrying a cecum Now we evolved from having a cecum to having a small appendix which is nearly useless as their cecum is very active in fermenting down um the starch and into saturated fat so 58% of their diet is saturated fat the other percentage is total fat now ruminants have a four compartment stomach so they're burping up methane and rechewing grass and mm. then fermenting in four compartments with a much longer intestine as well to produce all of the bacteria in order to break that down but then if you look even ruminants and monkeys will eat meat if it's available and when yeah. it's there for that quick protein and they can still digest it mm-hmm. does that make them a omnivore i mean large cats have a less acidic ph than us yeah but will still eat grass and some vegetation and clay when they need it right. does that make them a omnivore or are they not true carnivores um i i, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it it kind of depends on how you would define the the word omnivore. Mm-hmm. Um I think sure, I think I mean, if you if you gave gorillas, right, because although they eat a lot more vegetation than they do uh protein sources, uh animal sources, I mean, but if you were to provide them the opportunity to eat more protein sources, would they do you think they would naturally do it, right? Yeah, I yeah. put up a video of giraffes, elephants, yeah. deer, goats, rabbits, um all kinds of birds as well yeah. um that eat berries or insects at most all yeah. eating meat. Mm. They would do it at the chance and I mean yeah. monkeys and people want to disprove about the evolution of how man grew up on starch and what not. Right. I have to ask them, then why is it currently right now and I mean right this minute that we're talking now when you hear this podcast there are monkeys hunting now. They're mm. evolving. Their brains are getting larger. Their limb control, they're making spears. They they're throwing spears into the water and catching fish from the trees. Mm. You know, they jumping down and breaking little um deers in the Amazon's necks. So like real life playing yeah. the apes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're coming <laughs> after us, man. <laughs> so in okay, so like thinking about the word if we were to use the word omnivore and back to um, you know, the way maybe I'm not even putting it in the right way of what Chris Kessler was saying but um in the sense that we can theoretically so theoretically a carnivore would never even eat like any vegetation but the idea maybe yeah. the idea of omnivore is that you would want to eat more of a carnivoristic style to have the the most benefit health longevity um 
But if you were for some reason like on a like deserted island and all you had mm-hmm. was vegetation, you could theoretically still you could get by. You could get by, right? Just yeah, so enough for maybe something. Hopefully a boat or to get a catch of something. But I mean, I mean, omnivore in the sense that the human body isn't given credit for how intelligent it is, especially yeah. when it comes to nutrition or dealing with disease on its own. We always yeah. think it has to be complicated. Oh no, you need to take this external herb, this external pharmaceutical, this yeah. kind of supplement to get any result, rather than letting the body just use its own mechanisms, right? Yeah. So omnivore to the sense that we're, we're intelligent enough and we've come from an evolution mm. which wasn't easy. So yeah, we, we are adapt to survive however possible. So yeah, I mean... Even true carnivores have that same thing. I mean, yeah. all of these animals walking around didn't just were born like that. They also evolved, yeah. and they have those mechanisms to get by as well. I wonder if there's a new. I guess that one of the issues that we might be having with regards to people's uh, nutrition is that they're so um, wanting to be a part of like a, a, a community or a culture where they just like they label themselves, yeah. right? And they say, "I'm a, like I'm a vegetarian. I'm yeah. a." You know, they want to be right in something. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's pretty funny. It's like I'm not looking to be like, yeah, carnivore is right. Carnivore is the way. I'm just like, okay, guys, I've been through the other ones. I've traveled to a few tribes. I study tribes very often, and these are some of the most intrigued people living free of disease until Western civilization comes in and gives them something they're not supposed to be having. Yeah, which we see from physical nutrition. Sorry. Uh, physical degeneration and nutrition um so sorry nutrition and physical degeneration ah, i've read this book so many yeah. times i should know that by um dr weston a price okay yeah that's a really good read if you haven't yet yeah. and he's an orthodontist a dentist that traveled across the world to nearly every single tribe in some of the most remote tribes in the world before and after they were reached by western civilization trade mm. and these people didn't brush their teeth didn't use any cosmetic products or showering or soaps or anything like that but their jaw structures jaw um, teeth structures um, cranial structures eyes nose everything you name it were absolutely superb Mm. without any intervention at all or supplementation or medicine then years later once trade opened up to these places and uh, wheat came in different vegetables came in um, different sugars and such came in Suddenly, all of these people are starting to get cavities. The children were born with deformation of their jaws, deformation of their noses and eye structures. Yeah. And this is within the space of 10, 15 years. So, how many how many tribes did you visit? I've done four so far. Four? Yeah. Do you have any... I'm sure you got to have a couple of really good stories from that. Yeah, I've got um, quite a few. Um, most interesting, so, interesting food or interesting experience you've had? Well, most interesting food is kind of not that interesting because it was just as simple as meat, mm. fat, um, dairy products as well was very prominent. As I said in the uh, the talk as well, like the Bedouin tribes, camel milk. And most people think, you drinking camel milk? Is it good? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. It's actually, um, I also had a company reach out to me. Did you milk it too? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> they were doing that. I was delirious during a dry fast. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't as strong as them. Um, they get on with their dry fast in the 40 day. 40 degree heat like it's nothing and Mm. uh, I was hallucinating and everything but like you can see now that with the mix of foods I've been having my skin isn't at its best but when I was there and I have pictures like on my Instagram far down my body was glowing I looked like a bronze warrior like the perfect advert for skin health Mm. just absolutely glowing and 
these people were so hardy. I mean, they ate some weed as well. Like they made flatbread on the fire and such. Yeah. But I, I, from what I saw and from what I've read, most of the answers that's all very, very new to them as well. Yeah. They didn't usually used to have that kind of bread. It was mostly but I would, dairy. I would think in that environment, if they were to make um, bread, that it would be like the roughest, toughest bread that you would. I mean, it wouldn't be so processed as it is now where you're buying like just a wheat yeah. flour from... It's more ancient done. Um, it wasn't sprouted or anything, but it wasn't also through the process. It was flatbread. Yeah. So it was very different. I, I, I still tried it and it still made my stomach feel bad and bloated and such. But they didn't have much of that. I mean, that was the little bit that they would wrap up some of their meat in or have at the side with their meat. But the yeah. meat was predominantly goat meat. Very, very fat. And you look at religious texts, the fat of the lamb was generally goat. Mm. and um, also their camel as well but their camels were mostly reserved for traveling through the desert so they only ate them at a certain age or if there was a certain issue or out of necessity but the milk was used often and this is like raw warm like proper probiotic stuff mm. very healing full of saturated minerals and nutrients you know in the fat so what would you say to like let's say people want to go into this more uh, ancestral way of eating but they have maybe they they go out to the farmer's market they get some raw milk and then they just start chugging it down and then obviously they're gonna probably have some quite negative effects from it right so then they like again going back to this like immediate um thinking of you know how does this affect me immediately and so we do see that someone who maybe um goes right into it like full on has like some really negative uh, experience and then they they treat that as an anecdotal reason for not not continuing yeah right how do you so i mean what do you say to people that like they have like immediate negative responses to the foods they eat i mean i always get people even those that are ready to go in cold turkey and a lot do on my programs they just go straight cold turkey and are fine but um Generally, um, maybe get yourself checked if you're feeling any symptoms that don't feel normal mm. and then understand that maybe there's some steps before. But either that, it's just slow down a bit. Take an adaptation phase. As I said, I usually put people through a bit of ketosis first, yeah. get them used to that system, let them feel the, the symptoms of adaptation in that first alone, which can be usually they feel a little bit flat, a little bit tired, a bit of diarrhea as the... Um, Duodenum and the intestines are used to the rendered fats going through. Um, also, the change in moods that may mm-hmm. happen, and uh, get them to feel that first and just take their time. So, they're still having a few greens and vegetables, even though I don't consider them useful or beneficial. It's just for the adaptation yeah. and the mental, you know, behind it. But if you rush in and you haven't given yourself at least a month to get over some of those negative symptoms, then you're just being silly. Like if you're just gonna do it in a week and expect everything to change, you're not critically thinking about your choice, are you? Yeah. So yeah, it's not gonna happen in a week. Most people don't feel a grand result until three to six months in. Three to six months. Yeah, because it's you know, you've grown up maybe fifteen, twenty, thirty years eating so much crap. Yeah. Like your systems are all over the place. They're nowhere near ancestral or normal. Yeah, they're far from normal now. So to help with like this uh, adaptation phase, um, you do find that, uh, particularly here in Bali, like things like cleansing, detoxing, uh, juice fasting, doing these things as part of that initial phase to get rid of toxins in the body. Is this something that 
would be recommended or do you think this is also something that would yeah i think that that's all pseudoscience as well i mean all of that detoxification it's based on test tube science so it's not actual biochemical they isolate certain compounds of different fruits and vegetables and then they find a good reaction in mice with that and they go oh my god this does this so we'll just promote that oh this vegetable is high in this so it mm. does this but let's just say there's 79 other compounds mixed in with that one chemical you found right that are actually shown to cause cancer and this isn't a lot of vegetables that we eat and that's why we still see vegetarians and vegans that isolate themselves just to vegetables and mess up their cholesterol mess up their stomach acidity messed up the autonomic nervous system still develop cancer heart disease and stroke mm. so yeah to the best way to detox is give your body space so fasting is the main thing but obviously be critical thinking about that don't just try and fast for four five seven ten thirty days thinking you're just going to heal yourself mm. you've got to be at a certain um stores in your marrow and such in order to be able to do extended fast but what i mean is just intermittently fasting, giving yourself time throughout the night and morning, just to let your body clear, get into autophagy, mm. allowing cell program death to happen, and um, then feeding your body the necessary cholesterol without any of the inflammatory foods, and your body will detox on its own, unless you have some mutation, of course. I think, uh, so that one word you just used, uh, autophagy, is kind of a word that's thrown a lot, thrown around a lot now, mm -hmm. and is is what what's can you explain like what's the basic idea of like what autophagy is and what's what is it for what's the purpose of it yeah sure so yeah. this one can go deep in many ways i'll try and keep it um pretty short and to the point so basically you have a cell window which is to do with your mitochondria and your mitochondria are the power houses of your cells they produce the energy and they also produce the waste in the cells now in order for those mitochondria to be happy and why most autoimmune diseases happen is because you usually back up and dysregulate the mitochondria. Mm. What autophagy is, it's allowing your immune system while you're in a parasympathetic state, which is usually in a fasted state, you have no digestion going on or anything like that. Obviously digestion is a state of parasympathetic activity as well, that's why you feel kind of sleepy and such. But what you're doing is you're allowing T cells and regulation in your body through angiogenesis and anti-angiogenesis, which is your body's system of capillary making as well. You're allowing your body to get into areas of your body. And basically what autophagy is, is your body going, okay, this is an old cell. Let's not feed any more blood to grow in this cell. Mm -hmm. And let's not produce any more cells on top of that cell. So it's a system of atrophy, basically. So what it's doing, it's going in and it's eating up that old cell and using it as energy or any bacteria in your body that is not useful. Rather than using food, it's utilizing those old bits in your body rather than building on top. So it's almost your key proponent of longevity and fixing your body. Okay. So it's, it's getting rid of the old cells and then yeah. ideally replacing it with... And then eventually replacing it when you then eat, which is then an aging process when you eat. So you break out of autophagy when you eat, and then you go into hypertrophy, and you go into systems of angiogenesis, where then you're creating a necessary inflammation in order to rebuild cells. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly in that drive, you're building on top of all damaged material, and you're aging at a faster rate. So how, is there a, like a certain amount of time that is recommended too fast? Like, should you be fasting for three to four or five day periods every month or like mm. once a month or? 
I mean, that depends on the state of you and what you're going through. I mean, generally, if you look at the Egyptian scale, which is what I learned out there as well, and um, you look at Siberian skills as well, which is another tribe I, I haven't visited yet, but I've done many studies in. Um, and actually the Gaelic tribes, which is a tribe I have visited as well, they're usually all around the same naturally without even thinking about it, which is generally 16 hours plus. So every day, 16 hours 16 plus. hours plus mm. is generally from most tribe to tribe that I've seen. Mm. And the Arawaks in Barbados, um, not in Barbados, sorry, um, in the Caribbean, there's some in Barbados as well. They also aren't really thinking about food that much. And mm. the tribes the uh, from the Inca descents in the Amazon as well, they sometimes go days without thinking about food. And I noticed that a lot of the elders there sometimes didn't eat for days. And then when food came in from the hunters and fishermen, they mm. just had a large abundance of food. Mm. And I saw that in Brazil. Um, but yeah, the Egyptian scale, eat when the sun is highest and eat when the sun is setting, never fear disease again. Mm. So they're eating twice a day. There's the OMAD way, which you see thrown away, thrown around a lot as well, which is generally 18 to 20 hours. So you're fasting it pretty much an entire day and then eating. But um, what Nettie and I were doing for quite some time was 30 hours. So eating outside of a day once. So just eating a whole meal and eating about one to two kilos of meat in one sitting. We're doing the 30 hours uh, like every like every eating cycle or is that every eating cycle oh okay so, so not like, hours, like once a month or something like no, that no every eating cycle okay. we were happily doing that mm. in England training two to three times a day okay and it worked really well but then you have to be optimal like utilizing your ketones mm. and ketones is a huge factor in autophagy as well because ketone is a fasted state and also when you're eating high fat and meat only you're mimicking a fasted state as well yeah. so your body's always being given the chance to clean and that's why with carnivore not only does your strength go up and your mental acuity but your recovery because all of those three things are given time and blood in order to function at their best rather than constantly being used to go to your digestion breaking down food and rebuilding right. tissue so if uh you have people kind of like maybe start off in that uh the keto phase yeah um is there any like major problems with just maintaining like do just doing like a keto just diet keto. yeah i mean as i said with the fasting it depends on what you're doing like so if you're going to do really extended fast it depends what your goal is. Do you have an autoimmune disease, especially if it's a digestive one, a bowel one, you wanna give it as much space. So the longer the fast you can handle and utilize ketone bodies mm. for energy, the more chance of you clearing that issue and giving the body the needed space to work on it without always breaking it apart and affecting it negatively. Yeah, so with regards to ketones, is it beneficial to take like exogenous, exo, I can never pronounce the word. Exogenous, exogenous ketones, ketones yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another fatty thing that they're selling, isn't it? But mm. it can help you get into it. Yeah. But I mean, as long as you're consuming fat and you're gradually building up your satiation so that you can enjoy longer fast, yeah. that's a way better way of doing it because you're obviously then getting nutrients with it mm. as exogenous ketones aren't really offering. You're just taking butyrate like, on its own. Yeah. You're not really getting the full benefits. So, I mean, extended keto most of the people um, that have cancer extended keto is great yeah because they're not utilizing much energy they want to be resting they want to just be doing light aerobic work and such and they want their anti-angiogenesis full on mm. which that will help that will keep their autophagy going for longer extended hours and it will allow them because they're feeling nauseous as well 
to um, go longer without having to think about food. And the longer they go without food, as I said before, better autophagy, better cell program death, which is perfect to starving tumors and then letting the body eat away at the tumor. But for most people who are in performance or athletic, not really, because you're so careful about your protein intake. And even on carnival, we're still usually one, two minimola into um, ketone bodies, not really that high as most people try to be around five and above. Yeah. But if you're trying to keep that, you're not going to get the building blocks, which I say numerous times, which is the amino acid tryptophan, which is carnitine and carnosine, which are big antioxidants and big correlation with them in terms of muscle mass and longevity as well. So the carnitine promotes longevity in the body. Um, So if you're not getting enough of those and you're an athlete who's constantly being inflamed, who's constantly breaking down tissue, your performance isn't going to go down. And that's why your performance isn't going to go up, sorry. Mm. And that's why I find many athletes, they struggle with ketones to build muscle or have the energy to perform long volume workouts because... The protein yeah. gluconeogenesis yeah. helps fill glycogen stores as well, and that's what kind of helps fuel us with volume and endurance athletes. So the the idea of um, eating a ketogenic diet, part of that would be related, uh, or you would adjust it to the the lifestyle that you're living. So if you were, I mean, let's say you were just a, know, just a purely just a scientist or engineer, where you're not really training is maybe as much as we are as much as like an athlete is um would you put them more on a higher fat diet i suppose or it just not not as necessary to yeah i mean yeah i'll definitely suggest keto for them because they want more mental acuity and that's the first thing everyone notices going into ketosis or carnival is their mental acuity changes their sleep gets better they need less sleep they can go hours without eating which if you're an entrepreneur or a scientist or whatnot and you're working all day last thing you want to do is have to stop because your blood sugar is constantly crashing right and eating five six times a day taking more than two hours out of your day for eating you can definitely tell i mean when you're really like into what something that you're working on um you know something very creative and having to stop because you're just you just have massive cravings for food it's it's very distracting it's yeah. uh yeah it does does kind of suck yeah people get yeah. cranky and moody and stuff yeah. like that angry um, yeah the yeah. whole angry thing yeah well that's the whole thing like uh we see um males or just general people as well but the study was done on males that low cholesterol levels and constant blood sugar roller coaster of death going up and down drives a lot of violent activity in males, erratic behavior, and suicidal, anxious, and depressive thoughts. Hmm. So anybody who wants a clear mind needs to be following how their ancestors had a clear mind, and that was eating high fat, because cholesterol makes all of your hormones, and if your hormones get flat, so does your mental acuity, and so does your emotional capabilities. You become more erratic. I do find, so if we think about just diets, nutrition, some people are always going to be very hesitant to try something, what they would consider as extreme. So some, if you just say carnivorism, they just think, oh, maybe it's too, too far to one side, right? Yeah. And people want to kind of find a balance. Uh, is there, you know, in relation to people wanting to keep like more of the social aspects of their lives, like is there a more balanced approach that you would, you would still recommend for some people or is there yeah. i don't know like where's the 
Where's, where's the, the balance? Yeah, where's the... the balance? There, I know. there is no balance. I was going to say that. <laughs> there is no balance. It's not extreme because your ancestors were always doing it and it's what's created you. The extreme now is thinking that your machine that was made from one thing and is a bag of meat and fat now needs everything else that's not meat and fat. Yeah. But in terms of that balance, it's not really a balance. It's understand that meat is actually medicine. Don't be scared by the propaganda from companies that when you're eating their slop rather than feeling healthy on meat because yeah. we take away, we put fear into eating meat and your control over your food is taken away from you and they're going to feed you the slop with all of the man-made chemicals and nutrients stuffed in. Added iron, added vitamin C shit. Yeah. And I think that is kind of weird. Rich off of you. Yeah, that is weird. Where you have uh, foods that are enriched, enriched, right? right? Yeah, they just chemically put in some other. Yeah, because it's so devoid and lacking. Yeah. But they make money of doing this, and they have labs already set up where it's so cheap and easy for them to produce the stuff. And you pay a stupid amount for it, or you pay for their transportation to get a berry from the other side of the planet. Most of the answers would have never come in contact with. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, your balance should be that the biggest thing and the majority of your plate should be meat and fat. If you want some decorative items, which mm. is why I call them as everyone, <laughs> you know, if you yeah. like the crunch of broccoli, if you like some Brussels sprouts, even though you try and give kids that shit and they reject it straight away, you give them salty beef at an early age and friends of mine on Instagram tag me in on all their kids putting meat right in their mouth. Yeah. But this sour, bitter stuff I mean, sorry, this bitter stuff, which yeah. bitter in the wild means danger, it means yeah. don't eat. Sweet and salty means safe. So yeah. obviously we do have some room for sweet. Mm. Many tribes, this 25% of their calories do come from sweet, like honey and dairy. But um, I would say, yeah, your meat's the most thing on your plate. The other decorative items, if they don't disturb you, and if you don't have a chronic or over-inflammatory issue in your body, enjoy yeah. why not you know and even if you're just eating meat once in a while enjoy the other foods have some different textures have some sugar have some processed food life is short we have made these foods because they're enjoyable and they release that dopamine yeah but just understand your, what your baseline to come back to to keep healthy or to de-stress or to detoxify from those foods yeah it's meat and it always has been that's good i mean i think yeah i mean if for most people, um, you know, most people are not athletes. Most people are not uh, going to be super, super strict with what they're eating. But um, you do find that if we, like, you know, had the majority, um, majority, there'd be like a percentage that you would put on. Well, not on all meat? Or? Well, I mean, like, let's say if you wanted to enjoy these other foods. Would you say that there needs to be at least what, like seventy percent of your of your meals, eighty percent, whatever? I, mean, I studied um, through the Czech system, and in the holistic thought, it's eighty percent good, twenty percent bad. Yeah. So as long as you're getting eighty percent good, which is your fat, nutrient dense, um, fat soluble vitamins and minerals, mm. with the building blocks of your body, which is the protein and the, all the amino acids intact, and you're getting that eighty percent of the time, the right. other twenty percent of the time. You know, if you're not looking to be the most aesthetic or aesthetic or the strongest or the smartest, yeah. you know, you're just living your life, doing what you want to do. Your profession doesn't count on your appearance or yeah. anything. Then yeah, enjoy the other twenty percent. Yeah, I do you know? find the way you put that is, uh, yeah, if you if you don't want to be super smart, if you don't want to be physically <laughs> fit, you should uh, yeah eat more of this other stuff. Um, 
but it it almost makes you think too like if we think about the traditional um the the food pyramid that was back in the old days yeah. i know they changed it recently but um where we had like the majority of your meals should be like carbs and oh, and man. wheat and then but we had our fats and meat at the t- at quite the top obviously you know the sugary yeah, desserts of, at the very top but, but corporate influence complete. huh yeah i mean like if we look at tribes it was just and i mean tribes i've visited tribes i've studied it was all animal sources even their clothes even their a lot of their weaponry as well and their, their homes made from animal products the skin everything of the animals used and then as we became more industrial and corporations started being made everything started being replaced because it was all to do with money and it was all to do with agendas on how human beings were thought to be lived or to control human beings right so like they're trying to scare you off of meat because the heart association you know they're made from the adventist church mm. who had a religious agenda to cut down the hormones in men drop their testosterone by making them vegetarians so that they would be less sexually active and then they were funded along with Kellogg's, along with other doctors. They all paid into the sugar industry to promote this idea that saturated fat is the reason why people are getting heart attacks and blah, blah, blah. When actually it was in the introduction of all these wheats, grains, processed food, and obviously the refining of sugar. Mm. And these companies are now the top organizations currently in the world running the ideas, the studies, and the advertisement on, on what foods and what we should be eating. And yeah. they're all based on nuts that want everyone to be vegetarian. So so if, okay, let's say we believed in the, that these companies are all trying to make people dumb by having them eat all this like slop, right? Yeah. Um, and it actually makes me, the idea of like forcing a, a lower class of people to eat slop always makes me uh, reminds me of uh, when people think about the gladiators yeah. and say that oh wow they were all like vegetarian and vegan or whatever but they were slaves they right were they slaves, were they were yes. they didn't get to choose what they eat they kings and queens were, were eating given, the meat yeah. yeah so if we think about okay let's say these big companies that are trying to push the the vegan propaganda would you then think that probably the people that are pushing it are not actually eating that way like they're probably eating yeah. the meat i mean the adventist church woman i forgot sense, her right? name like, yeah. the woman that started it from her visions on yeah. it saying that humans should be vegetarian she would eat fish and meat on the sly yeah and people always want to promote dr sebi mm-hmm. i met dr sebi in barbados and he did not look well i did one of his seminars yeah this is when i was practicing ayurveda which is dr sebi dr sebi is the electric foods alkaline blood Okay. And you know somebody raised the question about the alkalinity of your blood and meat. People mm. still believe that you can change your pH through food. You can only do that to your stomach. Yeah. Your blood is... If you changed your blood pH by 1%, you would die. Mm. So it's impossible. Your blood is controlled by your breath and many other factors that can't be changed by food. But Dr. Sebi, he's very well known for um, promoting electric foods and alkaline foods, completely vegan as well. But even he was eating fish without his followers knowing because yeah. he was starting to deteriorate and he knew he needed it. Mm. And he also died out of malnourishment from, uh, he got a uh, flu while in jail. And uh, yeah, he died, he wasn't strong enough to fight it. And also he lost his court cases and was sued a load of money because he was chatting a load of pseudoscience yeah. and promoting it as the truth. Mm, that's nuts, man. Um, so the whole alkaline thing, I mean, is there... So you can only change the alkalinity of your stomach. Yeah, and that's what most of these vegans and vegetarians yeah. do, which is detrimental to their health. Mm. 
because if you look at our, our stomach acidity is 1.5 it's more acidic than cats and dogs and the lions roaming out there we are one of the most carnivorous animals on the planet yeah. the only more acidic than us is falcons and eagles with 1.3 which is because they eat so much infected and rotten meat. Yeah. But our stomach is 1.5 because we started as scavengers eating rotten and old meat. As I said, we were quite useless predators until mm. our brain grew and we developed tools to hunt off the bigger animals. So also vegans are like, yeah, but why don't you eat that meat raw? Why don't you cut it with your claws? I mean, ah, uh, we're a different species to a lion and a bear. <laughs> like they have big teeth and claws. Yeah. Our weapon is our brain. This is mm. why we're here standing as the most ambitious and most predominant freaking creature on this planet because our biggest tool is our brain and that's what we evolved and that's why we made weapons. Yeah. And um, it is kind of funny though how it's like though we we've gotten to a point where our you know, eating the way of our ancestors has gotten us to a point where we can think so well, we can use our brains to do so many things, and we're almost purposefully like using our brains to make ourselves dumber. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I mean, because if you look at how it went, like, obviously, I study a lot of anthropology. Anthropology is actually the predominance of my study. Mm. And then I studied the biochemical activities of how it happened after. So I, I link it all together. And if you look at anthropology, the way the brain grew, the first thing we did once our brain grew and we had uh, more control and understanding of how the world worked around us was make sharp objects and make fire. Mm. Then after that, we still didn't know how to communicate or speak at this point. Then as the brain grew, we actually started getting more intellect with emotions. Then language came. Okay. Which is incredible. And then once language came and that kind of communication came, that's when we were starting to hunt freaking mammoths and come as groups and, and feed ourselves for longer off of animal flesh. And we became so voracious that we started spreading across the globe. And as we spread across the globe, we evolved more. Our blood um, started to make different fucose bonds. And that's when the different blood types started to arise. So it, it all started off from meat, which is ridiculous to say that suddenly meat is bad now. Right. So if, let's say, there are going to be a lot of people, or just you're never, they, their belief system is so in, ingrained in their, in who they are and what they do, and um, there are going to be some people who just, they're never going to change. Um, for, I don't know, like, I understand that idea, like, there shouldn't be, like, a, a balance, or there shouldn't necessarily be, like, a middle ground, but in the, like, the grand scheme of things, like, um, veganism is not going to take over the world and no, probably carnivores is not going to yeah, yeah so um i mean what is what is something that that pretty much everybody can get behind with regards to um meat, like meat production yeah vegetation Ooh, production that's a good one right so like what what is something that would be an easy place for everybody to actually come together and just be like all right we for sure like no matter what actually happens with regards to like how everybody eats mm -hmm. we these are the, the main things that everybody can get behind yeah uh main thing is get behind the control of your food stop paying these corporations that are trying to feed you their processes to make food if you keep supporting them with your dollar you're going to squash out the little family farms that are doing it right, that are regenerative practices. Mm. These farms which are allowing us, and there's more than enough land for it, and a lot of the land that's being used for crops could be utilized better for ruminant farming. Mm. A lot of the land which cannot be used for crops, it's just sitting there wasting away rather than having ruminants on it. 
a lot of the lands that have become desert can be reversed by putting ruminants on it and farming for meat. So get behind the family farm. Buy your meat from the family farm or even at the supermarket if that's all you have. Spend your dollar on the grass-fed meat. Support those because they're regenerating topsoil which is going to feed all of the generations, your children. And put your dollar behind those families because you make them well, their children are going to learn how to farm and they're going to keep farming for us. Mm. You stop paying these companies and giving them money to fund stupid epidemiological studies which are going to be used to convince and persuade slash confuse the new generations that are going to be here emotionally. Born in the cities that have probably never seen a cow. Think milk just comes from the supermarket. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. going to just help the confusion there. You're helping a bunch of elitists that have a certain idea on how humans should be, regardless of the science. They're going to pay. They're going to cheat. They're going to lie their way into all of their products and creating more products being bought by you. Right. And then hand in hand with their partners who are going to lie and cheat their way into giving you more pills, more short-term allopathic quick just the not the root issue but just the symptom issue kind of treatment mm. and i just had a client call today with someone going through endometriosis and she's now on her third surgery mm. and now she's got a whole cabinet full of pills and they keep saying yeah this one will solve the issue we'll just remove the cyst and the cyst isn't the problem right. the cyst is just a symptom of the underlying root issue and they just keep putting it through and she spent about thirty thousand dollars now yeah on freaking treatment and they're just going to keep getting away with this guys unless you take control of your food yeah the 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 hard thing with regards to like doctors and um i mean the pharmaceutical industry right i mean there's so much money in treating uh treating symptoms and not actually treating the underlying problems yeah, because business i mean yeah because if you actually if there actually was a cure who knows there might be but if there was a cure for cancer Think of all the the treatments, the pills. Like that's a massive industry. The whole industry just sunk out of the game. Yeah, right. I mean, multi-billion-dollar industry just yeah. I mean, the same thing. Happy pockets. Yeah, and the same thing with the supplement industry. Um, Yeah, and then all the all the definitely all the process. I mean, yeah. I mean, even the idea of like saying you should just eat more meat and being that simple, like that, essentially attacks every single food. A company out there for the yeah, most part it's fine right? yeah because you want to build more muscle eat more meat you want to help your brain eat more meat you want to help your digestive system eat more meat you want to lose weight and be aesthetic eat more meat it's, yeah. it, it does so much because it's the essentials that the body wants and right. it's what the body runs and builds itself upon yeah so whether you want to include the other stuff mm-hmm. fair enough but a lot I of think, us choose not to now yeah again i think too like some people are still going to be you know interested in the idea of carnivorism or interested in the idea of eating more uh animal products but i would say too for most people if there's still like some level of skepticism is that i mean at the end of the day you got to listen to your body and if there's actually like you're eating your, you know, high grain cereals and you you feel like your your energy crashes and you're you have like all these hungry all yeah, you're having all these negative effects from the food that you're eating, like actually listen to those Yeah things that are to happening to you. Yeah. Maybe uh, like you may not have time to dive into all the nutrition and the historical and the the agendas of corporations or looking into how the corporations were made and blah blah blah, the whole nutritional world side. Just have a look in a physiology book, 
and then maybe have a little look about chemistry and it's pretty simple to understand the basic functioning of the body you don't have to dive deep into autophagy i mean i could have explained that with a lot more bigger words and terminology sure, yeah. but you don't have to just understand what it is and what it does in the short and long term and once you know these things you're well equipped and armed to make a sensible decision about the next thing you put in your pie hole yeah you know it's like well, pie hole is probably not the best word to use there but <laughs> most of the people yeah, it no, is a pie hole but. yeah i mean i think even just making the logical choice of you know if you for example if you need more b12 which is um well b vitamins which is something that a lot of vegans are generally lacking sure, in their yeah, diet yeah. right like if you have to take a, a pill to to get the vitamins and nutrients that you need, probably something is something's something, not natural. Yeah, there, something's right? not natural. Something's not right. Right. If you're eating yeah. uh, vitamin enriched foods, I mean, they even have it on the labels, right? Yeah, they're yeah, like they yeah. promoting. They're like, wow, look at this food. It's it's got it's, more, it's got more, more vitamins because right? we put it in. Um, yeah, it's it's the same with like um, weight loss as well. If yeah. you're fat because you're eating predominantly energy. And when I mean energy, I mean carbohydrates because that's all they are. They're not essential. They don't build the body. They don't produce hormones. They feed some gut bacteria, but yeah. we know that carnivores have a great diversity of gut bacteria producing energy. But if you're eating energy to lose weight made by energy, you think it's smart to just eat less of that energy? Why not eat what just allows you to utilize the energy out of your body? Like Ted Naiman puts it into graphs. If you yeah. haven't checked out Ted Naiman on Instagram, check him out because he puts it direct and simple to the point with graphs like energy foods protein building foods mm -hmm. loads of protein building foods gives you this result lo eating loads of energy foods and he puts them in the table and it's just so obvious mm -hmm. like how do you spell his last name do you know ted Naiman. Yeah. i think it's n-e-i-m-a-n okay Naiman, yeah yeah definitely have to check that out yeah he's a doctor as well mm -hmm. and um just pointing out simple biochemistry mm -hmm. How do how would people different like how would people go about differentiating like which doctors they should listen right. to right because like theoretically any doctor is like everybody says doc this doctor says this this doctor says that yeah I nearly get, thought about getting my doctrine just to have some of that leverage and then I thought you know what I'm not gonna be one of those plebs a lot of these doctors that are doing great work they became doctors actually thinking the allopathic method was good yeah. and after seeing shitty results and being unhappy with the pay of the work they were doing they then started getting more into nutritional sciences and now are doing the great work mm. but i mean how to differentiate a good doctor first you've got to know you got to look at him if he looks like a frail old man and that's who you want to take advice from then you're going to look like a frail old man if he's falling apart like most of these vegan doctors mm then that's what's going to happen to you because you're listening to the same advice as getting this guy to where he is. Right. So, like, if you look at Paul Saladino, he's as jacked as us. Um, he's older, way older than us, and he's in great health, and all he eats is meat. Yeah. So look at them first. Look at where they're coming from as well. Are they treating, look at their clients, their case studies, are they treating symptoms, or have they got good cases of treating disease? Right. Which is the same thing when like vegans come to me and they're like, yeah, but you this, this, and that, and I just give them like five um, different documentations of my clients completely reversed and thriving. Yeah. And not only this, if you look at the results and you see that they've not only reversed the issue, but many other beneficial things have happened at the same time. And you're usually on the right road. Like you'll see like vegan skin specialists. Like, oh I'm a skin specialist, I so put people on plant um, juice detoxes and look the skin issue is gone. 
But when that skin issue was gone, did they also feel energetic, sleep better, build muscle, lose fat, or have they right. still got all of those issues? Well, I think that, that kind of makes me think of like in America with uh, pharmaceutical uh, commercials where they, yeah. they'll they uh, basically they treat one symptom, they treat one problem, yeah. and then at, at the, the very end they're like, others. yeah, they're like, but you might get these 15 other <laughs> negative things happen to you. They have diarrhea, headaches, <laughs> and death. Right, yeah, yeah. It's and it's crazy. just, it's nuts. Like, uh, I always laugh when I see those ads when I go to the States. Yeah. And they're so easily pumped out. Like, But legally, they have to disclose all these issues because most of those things aren't even properly tested. They just come out on the market and they're legally secured and um, patented. They can just, like vaccines can be pushed out without real tests mm. and they're completely protected against liability. But back on the doctor bit as always, look at the studies they're using and um gauging success and biochemistry from so like if you see a doctor that's pushing out articles that are only paid by companies in their interest or the it's only epidemiology so all of their um all of their information is based on hypotheses rather than conclusion and that's mm. a key word the difference between hypotheses and conclusion epidemiology and clinical if it's only hypotheses and epidemiology it means it's just a survey. Yeah. If it has a conclusion, correlation, and a clinical trial, then that's a result. Mm. Whether it's negative or positive, that's actually got a result. Mm. So differentiate those studies from the people you're listening to and that you're reading through as well. Right, right. So yeah, so I guess to look at your doctor and see if they're actually yeah. fit or healthy themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then see if those doctors are actually treating more than just a symptom they're actually treating the underlying problems yeah. that people long-term results long-term results and where they're sourcing where they're studying from mm. i mean we're not always sharing that openly because obviously that's all well like a lot of people come to me and just straight up ask me what's your source for this and i'm like that's reserved for my clients and this is what i have stored on my computer for me to read over i'm not gonna go on my computer open look backtrack for all of that and then send it to you yeah but i mean if you like what we're doing in our work or if you're skeptical about it just it's pretty easy to find these studies mm -hmm. i mean if you don't know how to differentiate anything that's when you work with a professional and we can help provide that information for you but it's pretty easy you go on a you go on a study you look at the abstract of it how it was performed why it was performed and what they were in search of then you look at the controls then you look at the number of participants then you look at the controls in the participants and then you look to see the hypotheses and then if it only if it ends at hypotheses you might as well just throw that away <laughs> start going deeper yeah. see the variables that happen and then look for the conclusion yeah. and if it was a clinical trial mm. just just look don't just read the first few sentences on a google search yeah look at the actual trials and i mean there's so many medical journals and published sites that you can check this on as well yeah i think in with regards to like those studies too it's always important to um, actually, I think like going back to um, testing testing a specific ingredient on a very specific bacteria and using like what is it like like a hundred times more than the average human would have actually even consume yeah, exactly. and, and say like oh yeah this uh, this bacteria died because we gave it a bunch of uh, sugar but no, you gave it like so much sugar. Milligrams. Yes, <laughs> you gave it so much sugar. It's like nobody would actually ever eat that much. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with like every cancer study, even clinical, right? Yeah. 
And this is why it's easy to dismiss because the clinical ones that were looking for cancer all came with inconclusive results, all said no evidence or not enough evidence mm. to suggest that it was the issue. And these are clinical trials that have been yeah. out for a while. So people will look at the first half, and I've had people send this, and it's, I look at them like, are you mentally ill? Because like, I just read through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, the first few bits saying we were looking for yeah. evidence in cancer, and we have a hypothesis that suggests it's caused because of the nitrates in bacon and the meat and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But then at the end, when you get to the conclusion after the clinical trial, it says no evidence was actually found or correlated with, mm. or very low amount anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, you think of people, I mean, are spending so much time, I mean, even like, I mean, no um, offense to like sites like, like Blinkist, but people just want to get a, um, like a shortened summary of, of the text they want to yeah. read or they want to look at the research paper and they don't actually want to look at the whole research yeah. paper. Like they just want to look at a, a piece of it and take yeah, what and they fits, copy and paste yeah, that. whatever fits their agenda. Yeah, that's yeah. the number way, guys. If you're listening to this, to piss off a coach that you want to get information from, I have a lot of these. It's like they just screenshot one part of a of some study or article and send it to me. I go, look, here's the proof. And I'm like, are you trying to start a conversation or are you here to piss me off already this morning? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, come on, man. Mm. Like, if you want to talk about it openly, I will share more about it and help you look in the right direction. But if you're just going to screen print three words and not actually understand the whole study yeah. and expect me to just be like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I've been wrong all this time. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, studies thing can uh, definitely, I mean, it was like uh, with uh, the the chocolate studies and the resveratrol, like where the, the, the like the news media uh -huh. was like pumping out like, Oh, like uh, drinking red wine is great for you because oh, yeah. it has like this. Uh, coffee and yeah, 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 yeah. So they do the same thing, right? So like they have like this one specific ingredient that would be beneficial in maybe a, a very specific situation, and then just just broadly just say Pump it's it good out. for you. You should drink yeah. more of this or do more of that, and yeah, disregard the neurotoxic alcohol that comes with it. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because even I was talking with uh, one of our other um, members and someone I did a podcast with, Anita. She was talking about the idea of like resveratrol too. Is like in that is in and itself is not is not something that's beneficial for you. It's it's actually not good for you. But the but the the response that your body gives to it is what yeah. is, is what's Which actually is a homesis. Yeah. It's a hermetic effect, and that happens with a lot of plant chemicals as well. And obviously from the talk, um, I hope you guys listened to that as well, the dinner discussion we had about um, some of the anti-nutrients that you get in yeah. plants that do have a hermetic effect in some, but in overabundance, when you're eating just three, four portions of it a day, yeah. are extremely toxic to the mm. body and take a lot from the immune system to deal with it and, and excrete it from the body. So yeah so you could say that's a benefit but then to pump it out as that's a huge benefit yeah. and that it's gonna then get rid of your you know your fat or get or rid whatever. of that issue you have here and there and just isolate it to that it's just absolute bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of bs out there for sure yeah i mean if you wanna yeah if you wanna climb back up to the trees and eat your own shit then go ahead and uh, remove the meat from your diet that's what yeah. i say yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i hope uh everybody out there actually wants to get smarter wants to get <laughs> more physically fit 
doesn't want to eat their own shit. Uh, <laughs> We'd hope so. I, I'd hope so. Um, but yeah, take take your food uh, a little bit more serious, and maybe just stay away from the processed stuff. And that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah, and get just rid of eat processed. Get all the processed stuff and actually eat like real food. Yeah. Um, As you get rid of the processed stuff, you're gonna immediately feel better. Whether you're on a vegan, keto, whatever diet, you yeah. move the processed stuff, and yeah, that's why everyone goes. I feel lighter. I feel better even yeah. on a vegan diet. Yeah. It just then takes five, ten years later for them to decline again but yeah. if you just remove it and at least have more meat eat your degradative items but have your more meat yeah yeah eat meat make families yeah i think meat's good yeah <laughs> i like meat <laughs> okay so uh dom where can we find you bud so uh yeah origins.nutrition is the instagram handle facebook is origins of vitality and YouTube has started up. You'll see me training a lot at Nirvana Strength and riding around the island trying not to die on Origins of Vitality YouTube. So catch us there. Loads of tutorials and uh, more nutrition tips and different uh, guests as well. We'll be having Ian yeah, hopefully man. on that soon Tons and Johnston as well together, the founders of Nirvana. So yeah, have a look, guys. Yeah, so guys, just a reminder, like the basic idea of all these these podcasts is to... Uh, thrive in your life as opposed to just trying to survive life um, whatever whatever that might be fitness and nutrition um, and, and, and a lot of different industries as well but we don't want to just get through this thing we call yeah. life we actually want to make the most of it so like thrive don't get by yeah thrive don't get by uh, so again thanks for listening everybody uh, we'll see you on the next uh, podcast and uh, don't eat your own shit <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Respect. Respect.